I'm so thankful for so many that use their gifts for the Lord to serve in specific ways. Thankful for you and you participating in worship today. And, and uh, please be praying for the leadership here at Calvary. We'll be talking about uh, youth ministries in the upcoming weeks and how we'll be introducing nursery and children's ministries in a responsible way. Uh, preschool, of course, starting not this week, but next week. And we do covet your prayers for that. We do our very best And then we trust God for the rest. And so please do be encouraging us uh, with that prayer ministry. And speaking of prayer, that's our topic that we'll be talking about today. It has been said that there are a couple topics that somebody can go into any church and preach on and usually get a pretty good response. One of them is witnessing to people, evangelism. And the other one is prayer. And I have to believe it's because those are two areas that many of us are always feeling we're just falling a little bit short in. I could pray a little bit more. I could pray a little bit better. I could tell somebody else about Jesus Christ. So often when we look at that, we're trying for, to see for ourselves how we can improve. I'm going to talk today about prayer, and you do have a part in that, but it might not be the part that you think of when you think of your responsibility in prayer. There's going to be something on your part, but then most of our texts will be talking about the responsibility of the Holy Spirit in prayer. Beautifully, we're going to see the hero of Romans chapter 8 once again. The Holy Spirit makes an appearance. Here he comes, and hopefully it's something that's very, very sweet and close to you on this day. There's an old story about a father and then a preschool-aged son. and They're walking on a slippery surface, snowy and icy. And as they're going, the father, who has fallen on the slippery surface before, tells his young son, let me hold your hand. And the young son looked up at the dad and said, no, no, I'll hold your hand. And so the young son reached up and grabbed the dad's finger And they moved along the slippery surface and you guessed it, he slipped. And he went up before he went down and came down on his backside and oh, that smarts. And he got up and the dad wisely said, let me hold your hand. And the son looked up and stubbornly said, no, no, I'll hold your hand. He reached up and grabbed dad's finger again and they walked along. And sure enough, he slipped again, fell, hurt himself a little bit worse this time. He got up and kind of wiped the tears from his eyes. And and his dad said, let me hold your hand. And finally the son said, okay, daddy, you can hold my hand. What we're going to see in God's word today is that we have a wonderful prayer partner. We have a prayer partner that can empathize, not just sympathize, feel sorry for someone, but can empathize which means to know the emotions of the other in a way that they can match those emotions. We have a prayer partner who understands way beyond what you or I could ever understand. We have a prayer partner who anticipates our tomorrow, our needs. And we have a prayer partner who even can correct our prayers. And in case you missed it, I just said some of you have prayers that need correcting. We're going to look into God's Word and see what it says about that. Of course, this wonderful prayer partner is the Holy Spirit. 
If you're taking notes, we're going to have just two points today. So let me go ahead and have you write these down along with me if you're taking notes. Point number one, the Holy Spirit intercedes sympathetically. The Holy Spirit intercedes sympathetically. If you're looking at Romans chapter 8, read it along with me in verse number 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. That's a very colorful verse, isn't it? We find the Holy Spirit interceding, and we find ourselves described there. But the verse starts with the word, likewise. So we ask, like what? He's referring back to something that he just talked about. Last time in our study in Romans, we talked about suffering, and we talked about how it helps so much in our suffering when we look to our future glory. We have hope in future glory that will carry us through our suffering. We talked just a little bit about what we're going to be doing for all eternity, for those who have accepted Jesus Christ as Savior. We talked about what we'll be busy with, and we talked about the importance of keeping that on our minds to carry us through the suffering in this world. And then he says, likewise, and then talks about the Holy Spirit. And he talks about prayer. And in order for you to understand the role of the Holy Spirit in prayer, you need to look in verse number 26 at the two descriptions that describe the follower of God. And just two words or two descriptions I'm going to give. The first one is the word groanings. We talked about groanings last time. We get to the point where there are groanings in our life. And then the other, groanings too deep for words is what it says. And then the other word is weakness. Weakness. Some of you are weak. Now, I'm not picking a fight, all right? But the fact is, some of you are weak. And the truth is, I am weak. And I hope by the time we're done talking about just these two verses today, you'll have a different, a different opinion about what it means to be weak. Perhaps you will not be, those won't be fighting words for you. Some have said that Christianity is, uh, for some people, folks that don't know Christians, they say Christianity, that's just a crutch for you in your life. That's just a crutch. I don't need a crutch in my life. Well, I want to be very forthcoming and let you know, I need a crutch. You need a crutch. To go through this world on your own, you might be pretty smart. You might have a lot of talent. You might have a lot of things going for you that many people will say, wow, that person's going somewhere. But if you can do all of that and go through this present world, I want to let you know that what you're missing out on is power. The power to live a life that will bring things to come in eternity. That's what the Holy Spirit is offering here with his prayers. Today's topic is prayer. And when we are not able to even formulate the words. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been talking to somebody and you're, you're trying to express an idea. And there's, there's the word, you know there's a perfect word for it. But you can't quite remember that word. Or maybe even you're in a situation and something happens and you're not sure what to think about it. I've said that multiple times in the past few months. I am not sure what to think about this. I'm, I'm not sure how to wrap my brain 
around this. Here it says, groanings too deep for words. When you're simply not sure what to pray for. Now, I think Romans chapter 8, there's a lot of extremes in Romans chapter 8. If you read through the whole chapter, you'll see that. I mean, there's extremes all over the place. But I think on this topic of the Holy Spirit praying for us, the extremes are there. He prays when we have nothing left but to sigh because we don't know what to do. But then also when we approach a situation where we can't wrap our brain around it. Or better, when we approach a situation where there's two possible answers, but I don't know which one's right or wrong. You're aware that we face all kinds of situations that you cannot necessarily say this one is sin and this one is not sin. We are faced daily with choices. Some of you right now are being faced with big decisions. God doesn't drop a note out of the sky to let you know what to do or what not to do. How do we pray? Let me suggest for you some things that people have prayed for that are on opposite sides of the spectrum. Do we pray, God, would you please cure me and heal me? Or do we pray, God, would you give me the grace and the strength to go through this sickness? Do we pray, God, would you please increase my finances? Or do do we pray, God, would you please make me a better steward with what I currently have? Do we pray, God, would you please change my location? If you would just change my location, that would solve my problem. Or do we pray, God, would you please change my attitude that I have in the location where I am? And what makes it even trickier for those of us who love God's Word is that typically you can find a Bible verse to support all of those, can't you? You dig enough and you can find a Bible verse to support every one of those views. And that's why it's challenging. And that's why it's so important when we come to a place where we don't have the words to pray that we look to our most wonderful prayer partner. God, the Holy Spirit. It says here in verse number 26, we do not know what to pray for as we ought. We don't know what to pray for. The Holy Spirit of God comes to my aid Not just praying about me, but praying in my place is the idea here. Okay, I want you to help me out. I want you to take a look and see what version of the Bible you have. Maybe it's written on the outside. I'm going to mention a few different versions here because there's a difference that I want to point out that I hope will really help us understand this passage. If you look at the version of your Bible, the one that I'm reading from is the English Standard Version, the ESV. And here's what it says. Um, I think this is on, our, on the screen also. It says, helps us in our weakness. Now, some of you might have a New American Standard Bible. Anybody have a New American Standard Bible out there? Okay, quite a few of you. Very good. Look at your New American Standard Bible, and I'll tell everybody else what yours says. It doesn't say helps us in our weakness. It says helps our weakness. How many have the good old King James? Good old King James, raise your hand. All right? Okay, several of you. I've got it up here, memorized up here in the King. Not the whole thing, but it's how I've memorized it. The King James Version, what does yours say what those words are? It says, helpeth our infirmities, not helpeth us in our infirmities. 
What we need to understand here is I think that it is better for us to drop those words in our weakness and just say it helps our weakness. One trusted Bible teacher, this might make some of you a little bit bothered to hear this, he says literally, you and I are always weak. On this side of heaven, there's always a weakness that is there. A great example of this is the Apostle Paul when he writes about the thorn in his flesh. Many of you are familiar with the thorn in the flesh the Apostle Paul had. And I want you to shake your heads yes or no. Did the Apostle Paul want to keep the thorn in the flesh or did he want to get rid of the thorn in the flesh? What did he want to do? Shake your heads yes or no. No, he, did, he, he wanted to get rid of it. He wanted it gone. In fact, do you remember how many times the Apostle Paul asked God to take it away? How many was it? It was three times. He had a thorn that was there and he said, God, remove this. Take it away, please. And I don't want to talk so much about the thorn in the flesh and how God uses that and the grace that he gives, but instead I want to give the verse that he, that he uses and the end of it that was going to relate perfectly to Romans chapter 8. He writes to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians 12, verses 8 and 9, Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. And then listen to how the verse ends. He said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I'm trying to get some of you okay with the idea that you are weak sometimes. For some of you who are really advanced, you're going to understand there is always a weakness that is there. And that is not something for you to regret. When that weakness is there, that is an opportunity for the power of God to come through. And if you did it because of your own brains or your own muscle or your own ability, congratulations. But I think we learn a lesson from the Apostle Paul here that we should not regret those weaknesses. In fact, our prayer partner is getting involved in our weaknesses. When you can't form the thought, wrap your brain about what to think about it. When you can't form the words, the Holy Spirit gets involved. Helps us in our weaknesses, is what he says there. And so, many of you are people of prayer. I love that. I love saying she's a prayer person, or he's a prayer person. Make that your goal, to be a prayer person. If I were to ask you, what do you think your biggest weakness in prayer is? Some of you might have a thought come to mind right away. Some of you might say, my biggest weakness in prayer, no doubt, it's consistency. I'd like to pray every day or multiple times a day, and I'm not doing that. Some of you might say, you know, my biggest weakness in prayer is, is I don't pray big. We have a big God, nothing is impossible for Him, and I don't step out in faith and ask Him big requests. Maybe that's what you would say. Maybe you would say, I haven't grabbed a hold of this praying without ceasing habit yet. And oh, oh, that you would grab a hold of that praying without ceasing habit. When someone comes to mind, you can just stop whatever you're doing and just say a quick word of prayer for them. When something reminds you of someone else, that's beautiful. 
But the Apostle Paul seems to give us a hint at what our biggest weakness in prayer is, in our prayer life is here in our text. Look at verse 26 again. It says, it says there, we, our biggest weakness, Paul would say, is we don't know how to pray as we ought. We don't know how to pray like we're supposed to. You know that you're supposed to pray. You might even have learned some habits in prayer. I know I'm supposed to praise God. I know I'm supposed to confess my sins. I know I'm supposed to uh, you know, give adoration to Him. I know I'm supposed to ask for some things the Father wants us to ask. Maybe you've learned some habits in prayer. Maybe they're helpful. Paul seems to say here, our biggest problem is we don't know how to pray as we ought. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. Dun, da, da, da. Boy, am I glad for Romans chapter 8. I can't wrap my brain around it. I can't formulate the words and the Holy Spirit of God who has perfect knowledge. We'll see that in just a moment. It's perfect knowledge and perfect understanding. Wonderfully, he steps in and prays on our behalf. Let me give just a footnote to this passage. Uh, there are some people who want to take these words here with groanings too deep for words. The Spirit intercedes with groanings too deep for words. There are some who would take that verse and they would say, well, I get a, a prayer language that I can say, and they'll call it speaking in tongues, and this is the proof text for that. And I don't think that's a, this is a good verse for that. When you study this through and you look at it, if someone is forming some words that they're saying to God in prayer or in some other setting called speaking in tongues, I don't think this is a good verse to talk about that. This verse doesn't seem to be referring to tongues because look what it says. It says groanings too deep for words. This is beyond words. And so I don't think that's a good proof text for the area of Tongues, And I challenge you to jump in and study for yourself. That's what we need to be doing. Also, if you know somebody who has a different feeling on speaking in tongues, um, don't go to them with this verse and start pointing in their finger this week, okay? You be nice. We're going to be neighbors in heaven, and so you be nice to them. But understand, when we come across that verse, I've heard multiple times people say, that's the verse for why I speak in this private prayer language. That's tongues. I don't think that's a good verse for that. Look at the word intercedes there. And let me ask the question. Who is the Holy Spirit da, 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 interceding for? The Holy Spirit is interceding between us, God's children, and God the Father. Or better, the Holy Spirit is interceding for people who are very limited and one who is limitless. The Holy Spirit knows you, He prays for you, and He's going to the Father on behalf of you. There's an old song that I think is helpful at this time. I'm going to ask you to sing it. Just some of you probably know the words to this little chorus. Precious Lord, take my hand. Some of you know that one? Let me read you the words and then we'll sing it together before we go on to point number two. Precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on. Let me stand. I am tired. I am weak. I am worn. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord, Lead me home. Would you sing with me? Precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on, let me stand. I am tired, I am weak, I am worn. 
Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. Well done. Point number two. The Holy Spirit intercedes effectively. First of all, the Holy Spirit intercedes sympathetically. He knows you. And next, it's effective. It's extremely effective. In fact, in fact, there is no better plan for praying perfectly to the Heavenly Father. Look at verse 27. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. I know many of you have wondered what's the will of God in this situation. Some of you didn't know what to pray, so you pray, God, if it's your will, your will be done. We're not sure. The Holy Spirit knows perfectly God's will for your life. And that's a beautiful picture that we find here. Because if we don't know what to think about it, and we don't know how to put it into words, then clearly we cannot pray specifically about it. And even though you fall short in the words that you're saying, the Holy Spirit knows exactly how to put it into words. What comes out of you as sometimes a sigh, sometimes groaning, that repeated pain or misery or sadness, what comes out of us as a sigh or groaning, the Holy Spirit is able to perfectly put it into words. He gives a voice to it and He tells the Father exactly what needs to be said. Because the Holy Spirit understands. Jesus Christ understands. But the one that prays, He matches. He has empathy. He knows your emotions. He knows what you're going through. He also has read the end. Have you read, have you read the last chapter yet? Have you, have you been to the end? Do you know that it ends okay? Let me encourage you. Go, go to the maps and then turn to the left just a little bit and read the end. We win, everybody. We win. We talked last time about what we'll be doing in eternity. We beautifully have an opportunity to have the Holy Spirit praying in our behalf and He knows what you're going through. But we don't always know what we're going through, do we? I don't, I don't know why the stress or the pressure or the pain has come into your life. But God knows why. And the Spirit who prays on your behalf, He knows why. I've mentioned this before. Uh, one of my least favorite things to do is to teach my kids how to drive. I don't enjoy that. Anybody here love teaching people how to drive? Because you're, you're hired if that's you. I've got one more to get, get going there. All right, you're hired. Uh, I remember teaching my son how to drive in the snow and we went out. It was, they canceled school that day. We had a good opportunity. And of course, I want him to drive with me in the snow before he's by himself. And I can remember we were driving up, uh, coming north on a road and it wasn't plowed very well. And there was a car, it was dark out, and there was a car coming in the oncoming traffic. And so he got off of the mostly cleared road into the about five inches of thicker snow off to the side. And 
most of you are not surprised to hear I had the butterflies in my stomach. Oh, here we are. Nothing had happened. We were perfectly going straight, four-wheel drive. But as soon as we got into that little thick snow over there with the two tires on the passenger side, my side, of course, I was nervous. I got the butterflies. And, and when the car passed, he was able to get back into the cleared space. And I asked my son, Jack. I said, boy, did you get the butterflies? Does that make you nervous? And he said, no, just like that. Do you know why he wasn't nervous when he went in that snow? Because he's never gone in the ditch. He's never got into that thick snow and had it suck him in and put him in the ditch. You know who has gone in the ditch? This guy has gone in the ditch. And so I was afraid we were going to get sucked in. I had the butterflies. I've been down that road. It made me nervous. He had no clue. He was whistling Dixie. I don't know what the big deal is all about, about this snow driving, easy peasy, he was thinking. Listen, whatever you're going through right now, and I know some of you are going through some stuff right now. I know that. I know some of you in the last years or decades, you have some stuff that you've gone through. And I cannot promise you that you'll have a perfect answer in your lifetime as to why you've gone through that. But you have one that knows you. He knows what you've gone through. And beautifully, he prays to the Father above on your behalf. It is effective. The Holy Spirit able to express the right words even when you can't give an idea to your distress. So when you don't understand, know that the Holy Spirit does. And not only does he make an attempt at prayer, he prays perfectly on your behalf, effectively. He always prays the perfect timing. He always prays exactly what should be said. I love, um, those, I, I, I try to, uh, with my library, with my books, um, I, I try not to overflow it. I don't keep a ton of books that I don't use. But there's one topic of books that I never downsize, I never get rid of. And it's the topic of prayer. I love learning about prayer. I have found that the best lessons that I've learned about prayer are from people. People that have been down that road. I, have a, I had a wonderful prayer warrior friend. Her name was Pat. Many of you remember Pat from our church. She was a prayer warrior for us. I asked Pat some thoughts on prayer. I wanted to learn from her. And she gave me one of the best lessons. She basically said that she was thankful that God did not answer all the prayers like she asked. Doesn't that sound kind of strange? So she was thankful in hindsight that God did not answer her prayers. And the way I remember it is by remembering her exact words. Here's what my friend Pat said. She said, well, sometimes I pray dumb prayers. Just like that. And I heard that and, you know, well, let's not be too harsh on yourself. Dumb prayers, there's there's no dumb prayer. Oh, this mature, wonderful lady, she understood that if God answered every prayer like she asked it when it came up, there'd be all kinds of mess in her life. And so not only do we have a Holy Spirit who knows us, but we have a Holy Spirit who will, who will correct us. Our dumb prayers. I don't mean to be offensive. I've already called you guys weak today. I've called some of your prayers dumb today. Maybe you'll embrace that. Because in your weakness, there is power. And in your shortcomings in your prayers, there is one who prays for you and turns it into something that is perfect. Verse 27, it says, intercedes according to the will of God. 
when I was uh, talking to a friend who was going to speak before a big group at a Bible college years ago. He said, tell me, what, what, do you, what, what, what did you hear about in Bible college when you were there? What was a common topic you, that was preached on? And I said, well, something I've heard a lot of sermons on and it's necessary is the will of God. And my guess is many of you have wondered what is God's will in a certain area even in the past few weeks. What's God's will here? What is God's will? Can I just take a moment to challenge you to not be afraid of God's will? That's not going to take any of you back. Don't be afraid of God's will. You'll say, yeah, I can get behind that. But how many of you have known somebody that they, they thought to themselves, if I give myself completely over to God, if I tell God, okay, God, anything for my life that you want, I'll do, people think that God's going to be mean to them if they ask for God's will. I think I said this recently, that, that it's, it's, it's a common joke that don't pray for patience. Don't pray for patience. If you pray for patience, God's going to give you a trial to teach you patience. That may be true, but can I suggest to you that no one knows better what you need than your Father above. And He's only going to do things that's going to be for your good and for His glory. So hey class, pray for patience. Pray it for yourself. Now I don't want you all praying for patience for me. Don't turn that around on me, okay? Pray for patience for yourself. Because our Father above, listen, if earthly fathers who are sinful and fall short, are able to give their kids what's good for them, how much better? How much better our Father above? He will only give you what is good. And the Holy Spirit will only ask for what is good. When we talk about dumb prayers, the Holy Spirit has never prayed a dumb prayer. Some of you learned when you were younger that God answers prayer in three different ways. He answers the prayer, yes, or no, or wait. Some of you heard that years ago, and that's true. This text, when the Holy Spirit prays on our behalf, He only hears one answer every time. He never hears no from God the Father, and the Holy Spirit never hears wait, never hears wait, because He's always praying according to the will of God. The Father and the Holy Spirit working in perfect union for your good. And then let's look at one more word. That word helps there. Helps. Literally, when one can't do something and someone has to come to their aid. My phone rang a little bit late uh, a few weeks ago. I was kind of surprised. It's about 8.30, 8.45. And for me, that's kind of late. And it was my neighbor down the block. And my neighbor called me and I could tell by the tone in his voice he didn't want to call me. He didn't want to had this conversation. But he called me. And he said, Jeremy, he said, I, 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 I need some help. And as we talked through it, he had a refrigerator that he was moving. And so I said, well, Jeff, I'll, I'll, I'll be right there. I'll be right down. And so I got on my stuff and went down the block to help him move the refrigerator. As I got down there, here's what I saw. He had a new refrigerator that he had put all into place and got everything done. He had the old refrigerator that he got a dolly underneath, put the strap around it, got it moved all the way to the top of the stairs to the basement. And then, as he talked to me, he let me know, boy, I tried this, and I tried this, and I tried this, but I just can't do it by myself. 
And I could hear the regret in his voice. Well, I didn't mind helping him. That was no problem. It was about 30 seconds of help. And yet there was something within him that did not want to ask for help. That same thing is in you and in me. We don't want to ask for help. We like that connection with God. We like to say, no God, I'll hold your hand. And we slip and we fall. We need to be very, very okay with our weaknesses. Because that's when the power of God will hold on to you. And people will be able to see your life and see there's something different. It wasn't just that you studied harder than everybody else. It wasn't just that you made good financial decisions or chose a great spouse. The power of God upon your life. That is what is being offered here and it only comes in your weakness. In your weakness. And so if you are weak today, congratulations to you. I'm glad for you. And I'm glad for the Holy Spirit who prays on our part. So there's two sides. We've talked mostly about the side of the Holy Spirit. Mostly what he's doing, and that's been our whole talk today. The other side we just mentioned shortly. Did you see what your side is? Your side is not to go and try to find every possible solution and then go to God. I dislike the expression, well, there's nothing left to do now but pray. Prayer should be first, right? Your part is not to go and use every resource that you have. Your part in this kind of prayer that he's talking about, in this desperate situation, your part is simply uh, groaning. Maybe a sigh. Your part is confusion. But when you are sighing and when you are confused, you cannot go and try to seek all these other sources to help you with it. Your part is to seek after God. I remember a prayer that another pastor prayed years ago. It's vivid. I could hear the voice in my head. It was a tragedy that had happened. And he was called in. And here's what this experienced man of God who knows the Bible better than anybody else in the room said. He said, God, we don't know what to say here. And sometimes that's what you need to say. But your part is to turn to him. Don't turn everywhere else. Turn to God. Don't say, I can do it by myself. All right, a couple applications for us today. Number one, during times of distress, turn to God and allow your prayer partner to do the talking. When you hit these times of desperation, turn to God and allow your prayer partner to do the talking. Let me go and give you a prayer. If you're taking notes, even if you're not taking notes, this is a great prayer for you to memorize or write down. I start my day often with this prayer. This is going to help you. It's going to set you up for power throughout your day. It's a prayer that's something like this. Father, help me today to do what you would have me to do. Start your day that way. I've got a beautiful little wooden cross that sits on our mantle and I look at that and I think of Christ and I pray, Father, Help me this day to do what you would have me to do. During times of distress, turn to God. Allow the Spirit to pray on your behalf. And number two, don't be afraid of the will of God. 
I think I've already talked enough about this. Do not be afraid of God's will. Do not be afraid that if you fully give yourself over, that he's going to send you to live in Africa around a bunch of snakes. That's what some people are thinking. God has something good for you. So when we are in distress, we might not know what to think. We might not know what to say. And we might not know how to pray. But the Holy Spirit is there to plead and to plead for you if you know Christ today. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you that you hear us. We praise you that you hear us. We thank you that even now, as I can form some words, I know what I want to say to you on, in this setting on behalf of these folks. There are times when I am speechless. I just groan or grunt or sigh. And I praise you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Would you allow us to embrace the Holy Spirit, this hero of Romans chapter 8, and be glad for what he does. I thank you, Father, for your love. I thank you for your plan. I thank you that you will do good to us. Help us, Heavenly Father, to do our part. Let the Spirit, our prayer partner, pray for us. With heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around, I'm going to ask the piano to play lightly a song. We always want to give you a chance to pray. A couple suggestions for prayer. First of all, if you're here today and you're challenged in the area of prayer or you're challenged in the area of trust, you're challenged in the area of the weaknesses that you have and you don't like that, dependence on God, maybe you'll want to turn that over to the Lord. If God's been challenging you in some way from this message, take a moment to pray for whatever is laid on your heart while the music plays. There may be some here that don't know much about prayer because they've never become a Christian, never been born again. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That tells us that we are sinners. Christ died for our sins. And if we believe in Him and ask Him for forgiveness... He will answer that prayer. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can pray right now and ask God to forgive you and make you his son or make you his daughter.